0: Welcome to Ask a Therapist, a monthly podcast for everyone who's interested in how our minds work, building resilience through journaling and all things therapy. I'm your host, Sarah Reese, a mental health nurse and CBT therapist with over 20 years of experience in the field of mental health. Hello and welcome to episode 33. Today I'm going to be talking about thought records. I've been really looking forward to putting together this podcast on thought records then let me tell you what a thought record is. A thought record is a CBT tool for helping us identify and re-evaluate our thinking. It might be useful to get a pen and paper if you want to work through this exercise as I talk through it today, or if you google CBT thought records, there'll be lots of different versions that come up that you can use, some templates And if you are on my email list, as I um, send out the email for this episode, I will include a PDF of a thought record so you can download it from there. So you can get on my email list by going over to my homepage at sarahdreese.co.uk and signing up at the top of the homepage, I think it is. And you also get a, um, a free download on building emotional resilience there. Hopefully in the next few weeks or another month, um, there'll be a blog on Thought Records on my website and that will include a PDF as well. So why are Thought Records important and why is it important to reevaluate and be able to alter and change our thinking? This is important because our thoughts impact how we feel and then what we do and consequently creates the worlds that we live in. One of the myths of CBT is that it's just about positive thinking Well, if it was just about positive thinking, wouldn't we have all tried that by now? And we wouldn't have needed a therapy to encompass helping us think more positively. Changing how we think is more than just positive thinking. And CBT is a lot more than just positive thinking. And I'm going to talk you through the process today of how we use one of the tools within CBT to help people change their thinking processes. So when I think about some of the things that had a significant impact on me personally, when I trained as a CBT therapist back in 2010, working with my thoughts in a different way was really up there as one of the things I found most helpful. I remember really digesting for the first time that we are not our thoughts, that thoughts are often automatic and fueled by what is around us or powered by how we feel, past experiences or our emotions. And thoughts are not facts. So we are not our thoughts and thoughts are not facts. Creating more flexibility in how we think is probably one of the most beneficial things we can do. And I'm lucky enough now to be able to have a job where I help other people create more cognitive flexibility. So the ability to access more ways of thinking, which then gives you more choice over how you feel and what you do and we have the opportunity to create different lives for ourselves. So what I want you to get from this episode is a better understanding of how you can work with your thoughts differently and learn how to do a thought record, which is, like I've said, one of the key tools we use in CBT for helping people alter their thinking. While researching for this episode, I came across the fact that we each have between fifty and 70,000 thoughts a day. Fifty and 70,000 thoughts a day. Luckily though we are not constantly in tune with our thinking all the time so we can do other things and concentrate on work and fun activities and this is because our mind has a, a filtering system so it doesn't attend to every single thought we have. Many thoughts that we have are just filtered out and we don't pay attention to them. Our internal world and the quality of our thinking is fundamental to our well-being because, like I said, our thoughts impact how we feel and then what we do. So an example of this is if I'm walking down the street and I'm scared of dogs and I see a dog, I might have the thought, that dog is going to bite me. And then that would make me feel anxious and my behaviour would be to run away or try and avoid the dog. If, on the other hand, like I do, I adore dogs, I would have the thought, that dog loves me, and I would go towards the dog, I would feel all loved up, and I'd try and have a big snuzzle with the dog. Two exactly the same experiences, but different thoughts leading to different behaviours and different outcomes. Another example is getting made redundant. For some people, this would feel like the absolute end of the world, that everything is falling to pieces. But for some other people, this would be seen as a fantastic new start, an opportunity to do what they really want to do or to just have a new start and change up their career. Both these styles of thinking will shift people's behaviours and attitudes towards the experience. When we change our thinking, we change our experiences. Our thinking styles can develop over many years and are shaped by our experiences and relationships, and many form in a very automatic manner. So we don't think, oh, because of this experience, I'm now going to have this belief or thought. They just kind of happen. They can be driven by core beliefs that we have. So some of our thinking styles are driven by core beliefs. Core beliefs are I am statements like I'm not good enough, I'm not clever, I'm inadequate, I'm awkward. And I did an episode on limiting beliefs. This was episode 29, and it probably fits really well with this episode on thoughts. So if you've not already, head over to episode 29 at some point. So some people might fear that they're fixed in their beliefs and their thinking styles. But the good news is that we have something called neuroplasticity in our brain. And this basically means that our brains are like plasticine. This is very basic neuroscience. So it fundamentally means that we are constantly evolving. And sometimes I say to clients that if you think of yourself, how you were five years ago or 10 years ago to how you are now, just think how different you are. And that's the same for how you can be in five years time or 10 years time. We're constantly evolving and being shaped by our experiences. And we have a bit more choice and control over that than we think. Ideally, we need to be thinking about the versions of ourselves that we are working towards, what kind of thoughts that version of ourselves will have, how they'll react in the world, who who will they be. And that's really good for making sure that instead of being an autopilot, that you have a clear focus and direction. So we do have a choice about the thoughts we choose to entertain and how they will impact us. In the words of Eckhart Tolle, who wrote The Power of Now, He says a lovely statement, which is the primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation but the thoughts about it. So be aware of the thoughts you are thinking. It's really useful to initially spend some time before you're going to start working on changing your thoughts to become more aware of them. So sit down and really think about some of the thoughts you're having. And I'll talk more about this later. Let's get into it. Time to get your pen and paper out. I want you to write a number of columns, seven columns, and each column will have a different heading. So I shall, I've got a thought record here, and I will talk through the headings. So the first heading is situation, then emotional feeling. The next column is the negative automatic thought. The next column is evidence that supports the thought. The next column is evidence that does not support the thought. The next column is alternative thought and then emotion and feeling as the last column. The aim of thought records is to help you get more cognitive flexibility and to help you correct any distorted thinking styles. When you practice it on paper you will eventually be able to do it really automatically as situations occur in the moment and this is really where the power happens, this is where it can be really transformative. But to learn the skill of altering our thinking we need to really do that with pen and paper and often when we're feeling a lot calmer. When we are really emotional our thinking narrows, it's fueled by the emotion we are experiencing. So for example If we're angry, then we'll have more angry thoughts. If you're anxious, you'll have more anxious thoughts. So it's really important to wait until you're not in a heightened emotional state because it's really difficult to work and alter thinking when we're distressed. And that's why we are always advised to wait 24 hours before sending an angry email because 24 hours later, hopefully sometimes it's taken me 48 hours, that emotion has settled down. And then we think so differently about the event. And this can be also really helpful when you're feeling very emotionally heightened to know that your thinking is distorted and it's narrowed. And actually, it's important in those moments to work more with the emotion. Often we try and think our way out of situations, but because our thinking is so distorted, we just think ourselves further into the anxiety or the anger and it's, it's really more important to work with the body in, the, in those situations. So this is called hot and cold thinking. So when you're in a good frame of mind and calm, you can also supercharge this kind of calm, logical mindset by doing some mindfulness just before you do a thought record. This will really enhance being able to think more logically. Then sit down with your pen and paper and the first step in the first column is to notice a situational trigger for the thought. So what situation where you in? This can be useful because when you start to notice what thoughts you have in different situations, you'll get to understand what triggers you and be able to plan for those situations in the future. So I'm going to go through a fake scenario. So my situation would be, exam time because at the moment as i sit here doing this episode i'm seeing a number of teenagers and young people going through their gcse's so this is something that i'm working with quite a lot at the moment the situation i'm going to talk about is imagine it's exam time situation for you might be different and then in the next column write down the heading for the next column is emotional feeling so write down all the emotions and feelings that you have around that situation as many as you can just let it really flow so, my thought, emotions or feelings might be anxious, anger, and sadness. Now, rate each emotion out of a hundred. This will help you focus into which emotion or feeling is the most powerful one. So for me, it would if it was exam time for me, it would definitely be anxiety that would be up there for me, so that would be kind of ninety percent. I'd probably have some anger and some sadness about the situation I'm in that anxiety would be heightened. So I might mark that, like I say, about 90%. And then the next column is negative automatic thought. And just go for it, write all the thoughts you have down about that situation, powered more by that kind of anxiety. So what are the anxious thoughts that you're having? Note them all down as many as you can. Sometimes it's good to spend time thinking about your thoughts and what thoughts you're having before you do the thought record. I sometimes ask people to record down their thoughts at each meal time. This just gets you into the habit of noticing your thoughts. You'll just have a pen and paper or on your iPhone just make some notes of what thoughts are generally in your mind during that time. So that gets you to think about thoughts three times a day and that just increases your awareness of your mind and your thinking style. Sometimes It can be hard to capture your thoughts, but what you might notice is a big emotional shift. So if you suddenly notice a big emotional shift, like suddenly feeling sad, angry or anxious, just stop yourself and just think, what was I thinking then just before that emotional shift? So sometimes it's easier to notice a shift in emotion than it is to capture thoughts, but everybody is different. course I'm a big advocate for people starting to write a regular journal and this is a great way to become more aware of your mind and the thoughts you're having. You can find lots of blogs on my website around the benefits of journaling and developing a journaling practice and how CBT and journaling fits together if you want to go and take a look. To start writing down your thoughts it's not easy and especially if they are not nice thoughts we don't want to engage with difficulty but The act of writing down your thoughts can be really transformative just in itself because they look very different when they're written down. And that's why I think this is a really important skill to start, not just doing it in your mind, but by putting pen to paper. Because when you write down your thoughts, you get a bit more distance from them, you get to be a bit more objective. And sometimes that in itself can make you think differently. It's like when I'm having therapy with people. People often say to me, and I do it when I have my monthly supervision as well. When you say things out loud, you find you are changing how you think about the situation. So people will say to me, Gosh, just as I say this, I know that I should be thinking differently about it, or it doesn't make sense, it makes sense in my head. But when I say it out loud, I can make different sense of it. And when you write things on paper, that's the same as well. So when we get things out of our head, we have more clarity. And we can be more flexible with our thoughts once you have a number of thoughts written down, then you can see which one fits with the highest emotion, for example, my thoughts that I've put down on my sheet are if I'm anxious about failing an exam that my future is rubbish, I've let myself down, I'll fail, I'm not good enough, so they might be some of my automatic thoughts, and when I think my highest emotion was anxiety. Then for me, when I look at all the thoughts, and I've just done a few, you could come up with, the more you can come up with, the better. I think I'll fail would be the, the driving thought behind that anxiety. And then you can move on to the next column, which is the evidence that supports that thought. So if my automatic negative thought was I'm, I'm going to fail, I'll think about all the evidence that supports that. So I might have past failures I can pull on. That I've not studied enough, that I've missed some lessons. Try and keep it factual. So sometimes what people put down in here is opinions like I'm rubbish. Well, that's not factual, that's an opinion. So be careful not to put opinions about yourself, but keep it factual. And then you can move on to the evidence that does not support the thought. So I might have studied, I might have previous successes that I can pull on. That I prepared, I might have other exam results that demonstrate I have some skills in this area. And sometimes this can be the hard one to do evidence that does not support the thought. And it's worth spending a lot of time here, really pulling out. And often what people find is actually when they work at it, they can find lots of evidence that doesn't support the thought. Usually, when we have a thought, we don't take all the information into account. We only look for the information that supports the negative thought. We don't look for the information that goes against it. So this is, you know, a really important part of doing thought records that you take all the information into account. It's sometimes called taking the thought to court. Once you've gathered as much evidence as you can in both columns, it's time to move on to column six, which is to come up with a more balanced thought. In this example it might be that I could say to myself I don't know if I will fail I could pass. So there's a bit more information the thought becomes more of a statement and it's more balanced taking into consideration all the evidence that I have and all the information that I have that I don't know I could if I you know I could pass. And as soon as I say that to myself it shifts the emotion so I'll feel a lot calmer so that's why you kind of put the emotion And feeling at the end as well in the last column, column seven. So, when you really look at all the evidence, you're able to come up with a more balanced thought that should shift your emotional state. If it doesn't, it's worth going back to think about if you've picked the right thought to work on in the first place. Once you've worked through this process with a thought record, then the next time the thought pops up into your mind, it's going to be a lot more easier to balance it out. I could fail is often a common thought that people have when they're heading towards exams. But every time that thought pops up, once you've worked on the thought record, you're able to balance it out a lot quicker. So the negative thought isn't the one that's driving your thoughts and then your behaviours. It's a lot easier to pass an exam when you're calmer because the calmer we are, like we said before, It broadens out your thinking. You have a lot more flexibility in your thinking. When we're scared or anxious, our thinking narrows and we're not that creative. You're not in the best place to pass an exam. And that's where thoughts can become almost self-fulfilling prophecies. So I hope this example has been helpful in talking it through like this because having really good flexibility around our thinking is paramount to our health and well-being. Life is really tough and often we can't change what happens to us but we can change our response and how we hold things in our mind. So all I would recommend at the end of this is just practice, practice, practice. It's really worth, you know, if we have a tricky situation or we're heading for something tricky in the future or we're noticing having regular negative thoughts, write them down and then have, even if once a month you just did one thought record, over time, you'd get to the point that you can do a thought record in your head and you don't need to be writing it down. You can generally do them automatically. And that gives you cognitive flexibility and much more choice over your mindset. So I hope you find it helpful and I shall see you next month. Thank you for listening to Ask a Therapist. For more information about the CBT Journal, visit my website at sarahdreese.co.uk. You can also sign up to download your free guide to Building Emotional Resilience, delivered straight to your inbox. You will then also receive regular newsletters where I share my blog posts, podcasts and tips and strategies for better mental health and psychological resilience. Don't forget to review and subscribe to the podcast. And you can also share episodes on social media using the hashtag #AskTheTherapist. This episode was written and presented by me, Sarah Reese, and edited by Big Tent Media and produced by Emily Crosby Media.